Hello and welcome to the 55.1 Podcast. My name is Wes Burdine and I'm joined by Rodrigo sanchez Javaria and Mark Fangmeyer. We are, uh, it's an international break, which means that uh, Corey Shreppel gets the call up to the, uh, to the big, big leagues. He's, uh, he's with the Daily the next, uh, next I think just tonight, and to, well, into tomorrow, whenever he wakes up at 1 a.m. to do his job. So uh, go listen to really depressing world news that will sound amazing in your ears if you listen in really good headphones. So uh, we miss you, Corey. Instead, uh, the three of us are going to talk about not Minnesota United. We'll talk a little bit about some, uh, some World Cup qualifying happening around the world, talk about the U.S. a bit, uh, talk about Weston McKinney, and, uh, you know, random Talk a things. lot about Weston McKinney. What uh, else is there to talk yeah, about right let's now? Let's just do it. Let's just, uh, as many unsubstantiated rumors as possible, as irresponsible as we can get. Let's uh, let's start by being extremely responsible, though, which is that um, TC Soul, uh, who are friends of ours, they um, do amazing work uh, in the community T- at TC Soul, S-O-L, Futsal, um, they have a, a kind of uh, a tournament going on of a fundraiser this weekend at Ladonia um, Brewery, Saturday, September 11th, 1 through 4. Go check it out at um, linktr.ee slash tcsoulfutsal. We will be tweeting it out. Um, go check it out. It'll, it'll be a really good time. And, uh, yeah, so let's start with this. Uh, the good Minnesota women's soccer launched their public shares this last week, right after we kind of launched this podcast, um, the, the last episode. The response was uh, redacted by the SEC. I know I'm making lots of jokes about it, but literally they just won't let me say But anything. I am not one of the co-founders of the club. That is true. You are not bound and so, by well, Therefore, stream. I can say that you so far have about 1,870 investors who have invested a total of $645,887 so far. It's public information that I'm not allowed to say, and you might actually, you actually are allowed to say. But Mark, the the important thing is, you know, um, your kids are part owners of this team too. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, actually, not even my kids, just Wilhelmina. Um, Wilhelmina. Lavin gets nothing. Yeah. We did not buy Lavin anything. So, um, (laughs) and it was actually very funny because on the... um, on the way over, so um, yesterday on Labor Day, yeah, we had a very enjoyable um, pod, pod luck. pot luck at Wes's house. And on the way over, I was telling Wilhelmina, I was like, you know, Wilhelmina, um, Wes is one of the co-founders of the club that you own. So therefore, you are actually Wes's boss. That's how it She's works. She's like, I could tell him what to do. I was like, yeah, sort of. Yeah, she well, didn't take advantage of it though. She did not. No, she did not no. know what to do. She did just like she didn't speak to, be to me for the first twenty toys. minutes when I was talking to her and trying to show her toys, and then, then I asked if she wanted the castle or the um, wood tree house, and she said wood tree house. So eventually, she spoke mm-hmm. to me. Um, yeah, it's been superb. I hope people go and check out the interview that Andrea Yak did with Total Soccer Show. She did one with Grant Wall. There's been lots of little stuff with um, local news been super cool but it's really great that people like grant wall and taylor rockwell with their like huge national followings they're so such great people who um pay attention to small little people like us right. and uh it's great i really love that they're they're excited about the uh, about the idea so um and i'm also done with the state fair now um i did a, a few six hour sessions that? there i mean 
I didn't really go to the state fair. I was sitting with Elisa Vicuña, one of the co-founders, one of the great people in, in Minnesota soccer. And um, she's extremely excited about the fair. She loves the food. And I was just like, I don't care. But she um, she pointed me to a couple things that, that I, I could get into. Um, it was good. We t- talked to lots of people who, some of whom I like, some of, like I recognized kind of from Blackheart. And then we chatted. Um, it, it was just kind of great. Meeting some strangers, meeting some new people, uh, a few um, weird people, but you know. That's a fair. That's how it goes. Um, but anyway, if you want to go and be part of something that I think is pretty unique, it is literally unique. Um, it's the first in the country. First, I don't know of anything outside of the country. But um, please go to wefunder.com slash M-N-W-O-S-O. Um, check that out and um, and go be a part of that. Uh, we were just working... Pre, before this at a board meeting trying to figure out our schedule for when we're going to do um, all the naming and all that stuff. And so that will be happening sometime in in the f- near future. So you want to be an investor. All right. Can I move to other things? I know everyone is begging me to. Um, World Cup qualifying. Do you guys have anything that stood out for you that you want to go to? Or I, I can go through some of these notes. But what what what, what caught your attention this, this week in non-USA? World Cup qualifying. Um, um Ball loves red cards. It's always how many a good did we get? When you, Do you have a full match um, count? I think I think want to say four. Oh, but uh, but uh, Venezuela had one in Peru, and then uh, the only t- and then Argentina had one in one of the earlier games of the week. So yeah, there were there 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 were quite a few that um that were really interesting um. But is is Peru uh, going to make the World Cup? Um, yeah, yeah. Do you so. think because they're in, they're not doing terribly great right now? I'm just going to say they're in seventh place. Okay, I mean, with like two points differentiating from fifth and seventh. Okay, and you, yeah, so, and they'll be able to make that because they. I mean, they need to get over. Um, is it the top five get in? Yeah, top four, four, four for sure. Five, fifth yeah. one place. Uh, they, they need probably to get over boxies. Uruguay, again. Uruguay or Colombia, who are not like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're good teams. So we tied Uruguay 1 1. Okay. So uh, I, uh, I have my confidence. I mean, like, my, the way Comabol should work is that both, both uh, Argentina and Brazil should be penalized for the, the taking, you know, three points away. And then that way, you know, everyone else can qualify because, you know, and then, then we're all happy. You know, that's it. Okay. Um, so the big things for me is uh, Denmark have six point or six wins from six. They're kicking ass. Um, very happy about my Danes. Brazil is seven wins from seven. Um, there's a couple in, in Africa and obviously um, Mexico is, are, are perfect right now, but that's after two games. Um, I checked in on the African the qualifiers and they do it in probably the worst way where you have these group stage and then you get out of the group stage and then you do just a um, a, a seed and you have to do a knockout round with one other team, which is just killer. Um, but right now you've got a group with Cameroon and Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana and South Africa. So you know two of that you know those four are not going to make it and all, all four of those are, traditional powerhouse well maybe south africa or powerhouse but um 
they're all good teams in Africa. Uh, in, in also back to Europe, Scotland are in second, which is pretty amazing. Their group has Austria in it. And so um, for them to, to be doing so well, and maybe they'll be able to get to the World Cup that will, uh, I don't know, the Scots were great anytime they're in a, a world competition or Euros or whatever. Um, any other uh, World Cup qualifiers before I go to the bad? No, I just get okay. right into Let's it. Let's go right to it. Weston McKinney yep. was sent home from national team camp after breaking COVID protocol. Um, it was great. There's a spoof LA Times website that uh, said he crashed a wedding and bedded the maid of honor, which is great seeing people uh, pass that around as if it was real. Uh, Landon Donovan went on Grant Wall's podcast and said he knows what happens and he's very disappointed in Weston, but won't say what happened. Um, Bobby Boswell. Typical Landon Donovan. Bobby Boswell has been doing fantastic uh, trolling and tweeting things like, all joking aside, we shouldn't speculate on the rumors we're hearing. The only folks that know the truth are Weston and those four beautiful women celebrating a Nash Vegas themed <laughs> bachelorette party. Oh, genius. <laughs> That's so good. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, you know, basically now the report is that he brought a, an unauthorized person into the bubble and then spent a night outside of the bubble, outside of the team bubble. Um, he has history of this, um, at Juve last year, right? He got, yeah, in April, he got suspended for violating their COVID protocol because he, and he hosted two other players, um, at his house for a party. And um, was suspended for that as well. That's so, right. He's, and unfortunately, uh, I mean, there's no video, so it's not exactly Benedetti. So unfortunately, but he's getting know. close to Benedetti standards. The paparazzi in Mexico are much better equipped than the Italian paparazzi, apparently. Yeah, even though I think the, I think that literally they invented paparazzi. I, I think so. It's, it's kind <laughs> of in the name. Well, I mean, they're failing at it right now. We got we got video of Benedetti doing Benedetti things, and oh. we, we have nothing from Weston McKinney's house. So Yeah, pretty disappointed in those Italian uh, journalists who weren't, uh, and the American journalists. I mean, really, just like, I, like Pablo Maurer uh, pretends that he's a, a photographer, but was that dude outside the hotel? No. At 3 a.m.? I mean, no. There's got to be, you know, a drinking fountain somewhere in that hotel that he could have been hiding behind yep, to take exactly. a picture. All right. Um, anyone have any good speculations on what, what he actually did? I just assume uh, Gat- are, we, are we doing wrong answers only, or are we actually trying Gat- to be truthful? Gatlinburg, um, Tennessee, isn't that far, and they've got great miniature golf in that town. They've got like seventeen miniature golf places. So, I mean, I'd take a, I'd take a lady, a, a, a lady suitor, um, to a mini golf in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I mean, how far? What's uh, what's Dolly Parton's theme park? Oh yeah. I mean, Dollywood. Dollyville, Dollywood. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Dollywood. Yeah, uh, maybe Dollywood. I okay. mean, uh, otherwise, maybe he went super class. Maybe like he went to, um, you know, Grand Ole Opry and took her to like you know classic performance. Maybe it was maybe it was like a night out on the town, like just go to a really great kind of you know Nashville experience, better than just going to like you know the honky tonk bars and hearing karaoke. Like he actually went full Nashville. It's like, I'm a, I, I know my history. I mean, they're gonna bring you to the Grand Ole Opry or I'm going to take you to the Rhineland. One of the two. And, um, we're just going to do it up Nashville style, classic style. He and, is wholesome. Um, he's a classic. Cause yeah. he sounds like a classy guy. Like that's what yeah. you do when you throw kind of parties outside of the stuff. Like that's what you do. Guys. Named so, Wes, yeah, I think he's a classic. 
Yeah. I thought he got an Uber and like picked up his uh, significant other that he was courting that day and then they went through a drive-thru. And I think that was the thing that, you know, more than likely would be them. But but I mean, like everyone's really upset, not only because Weston, but like because the United States apparently has only like gotten two points in two games. And like everyone's calling for Burhalter's head, which I totally find stupid at this point. But uh, yeah, well, we'll 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 talk about a little bit about the the U.S. Uh, in the, the next segment. Um, let, let's go to this uh, other bad news: Jean Pierre, uh, famous footballer who is so famous, I didn't actually know about this news until. But you you tell me about it, Rodrigo. So jump jump here, Adams, um, um, a European soccer star who had been in a coma for nearly four decades after a botched medical procedure uh, passed away. So he played for Paris Saint Germain, uh, which is one of Adams' former club, and that's how I found out about it because they uh, they put a statement on on their website. Um, he was seventy three, um, and um, I believe also. Wait, so played- he's basically been in a coma since he was thirty three. Yeah, pretty much. It's really like Jesus. so. Like what happens is in 1982, Adams was injured uh, in a coaching session, his knee, right? So he went to the hospital or the Hôpital de Lyon for treatment, and many of the staff members at that time were on strike. So this is like literally like a Grey's Anatomy episode, right? Like, like the anesthetic the anesthetist was looking after like eight or nine patients. And Adams was being supervised by a trainee. And because of several errors in their care, Adams suffered a cardiac arrest and brain damage, which sent him into a coma, which he didn't wake up from. So, and like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like super weird. Like, and the weirdest thing is that the anesthetist and the trainee were giving each a one month suspended sentence and a 750 euro fine in in the mid 1990s. Uh, but he played also for um, for the French team. He had uh, uh, how many caps? He appeared in 22 international matches. Yep. So he played for Le Bleu and passed away today, unfortunately. So let's go to the weird. And this this is truly spectacular. <laughs> this is weird, even for Comnibol. Um, the no, Bra- it's not Brazil. Really? Okay. Well. You tell me how this. Do, do you do you not did, did you not remember what happened in Copa Libertadores finals two years ago? Tell me. Did it involve? Wait, it was River. It, involve, it was River. Uh, mm-hmm. It was River. River and Boca, mm-hmm. and then Boca fans literally pelted rocks and broke the glass of the bus, hitting players right before the match. And then they happened to have the combo president inside of the stadium of La. I think it was at the Bombonera. And so, like, they literally, like, Fox Sports Deportes have, like, a live feed of, like, who was coming in and out of that meeting door. Also, they can move the game to, I think, Spain or Italy. I forget what it was at, but um, it, okay. it happens all the time in no, Copa no, no, but that, that is very, that's a different genre than Brazil-Argentina. World Cup qualifier abandoned after five minutes because the Brazilian health authorities stormed onto the pitch and ended the game. That is a different genre than pelting it. But we've seen buses attacked by fans. We have not seen health officials in a global pandemic ending a game because four English-based Argentinian players weren't complying with COVID regulations by quarantining 14 days before. That, to me, is a, a new extra level, up or down, I can't tell, 
in Comme du Bowl weirdness. No? Uh, my favorite my favorite conspiracy theory, though, yeah. is that um, there was the Brazilian government uh, working on behalf of Pele because um, right now, Pele, uh, he has 77 international goals and 151 matches, and Messi has... 76 goals and 151 matches. So therefore he had a chance to tie Pele's record in Brazil against Brazil. And um, they just had to, Brazil had to put a stop to that nonsense. And um, that's, I'm pretty sure that's why it happened. But like at the same time, you got to think about it. The UK specifically had a red list of players, a red list of countries that EPL players could not go to. So... I'm still trying to figure out how how these four Argentinian players were able to get the AOK to leave to go to 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 come to a Comebol World Cup qualifying match of all things because all the Brazilian players that played in the EPL like they didn't come didn't come at all yeah. literally and so like so that maybe what really makes me think about is the fact that the EPL says only our star South American players can stay all you we don't really care about you just go. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We will come back. We've got some U.S. soccer, but uh, we'll look forward for the Minnesota United. Back on the 55-1 podcast. Uh, we, we're going to move the U.S. soccer stuff to the end because we've got a few Twitter questions and we'll put it all together. But I'll just say now, Wednesday night, uh, it's going to be hot and heavy. Black Heart of St. Paul will have it on in the main room, big screen. I got a new lamp for my projector, so it's brighter again. And uh, yeah, 9 p.m., let's party. Okay, Minnesota United, obviously we don't have a game recap. We do have a little bit of news. This is from Corey. This is his only addition to the show. He says, <laughs> Chase, Chase had an Instagram story Friday where he was at a bar at the beach in South Jersey he was front row where a cover band was playing Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, and the female lead singer was winking at him. I couldn't come up with a more on-brand scenario if I tried. So here's to you, Chase. <laughs> got, 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 uh, uh, he's had COVID. He's uh, been out for COVID violations and still rocking it. Yeah, still um, rocking it. Oh. Yeah. And he's still trying to get more COVID. Yeah, man. <laughs> Just can't get enough of that. Um, just dousing himself in in, in vermectin. Uh, <laughs> this horse said, paste everywhere. It's like a oh, foam part deal with horse paste. <laughs> um, I just got an image of that. I just like <laughs> this Saturday, uh, four p.m. Minnesota United are at the Seattle Sounders. Um, Seattle has one loss in their last five matches. Um. We have uh, most of our team back. We think that, you know, basically everyone like Frank Payne, Nico Hansen, Juan Agadello, they're all fully training. We don't know if if they're match fit, but we should have technically everyone some, somewhat available. Um, have we heard about Robin Lude and um, uh, Reynoso? We have not, but I'm... I'm shoot, I went back to some notes from a, a few of the writers. Thankfully, we've got... Um, Greeter and Marthaler, who have, but I, I think they all said that basically everyone is, is, should be. Yeah. Back. I mean, it made sense. I mean, it sounded like, especially with uh, Reynoso, it sounded like it was just, he was kind of, 
he had he had a lot of bruises on his ankles from being roughed up, and that was kind of the injury. It wasn't anything that was like anything kind of too serious long term. Um, anything you want to say specifically about Seattle that you're worried about, or um, they're still really good. I mean, they're first in the conference for a reason. Uh, they are extremely adaptable. Like this season they came out and they, they're like, Hey, we're going to play a completely different system. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, you're missing, you know, a bunch of starters and you're playing a different system. And all of a sudden they're had one of the best starts in MLS history. And they're still just kind of chugging along and doing great. And um, yeah, they had a little hiccup about a month ago, but it seems like they've recovered from that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they did great against Tigris. Like, I mean, they're playing pretty good in, recently. I mean, not so great at home, but they haven't played that many home matches recently either. That's kind of the hiccup they're talking about was previously. So yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. I'll be curious, like what formation kind of uh, Adrian, Heath decides to go out against them. And if he's going to be more of a defensive kind of formation, if he's going to do like the, I don't know, like a four, three, three, where it, feels like whenever we play conservative, we always do a 4-3-3. And I'm curious if Adrian Heath will come out conservatively or if he will come out uh, since we have everybody healthy for like the first time since, I mean, whatever, as far as this roster goes. Well, when I, ask, like, I don't think I want to ask you about what, how you think it'll look. But I mean, the last time we did play them in Seattle and we won, um, we had, you know, well, no, we played them uh, at Allianz and won. We lost four whatever oh, you're in Seattle right, right. on opening weekend. Yep, yep. Sorry, sorry. Um, the last time we played them, we won. We had Unu, Reynoso, Lud, Frank Payne. Um, you had uh, you know, Brent Coleman was in for boxy at that point, but basically it was Dotson and Trap. It was one of it was um, certainly a, a bit of a lucky game, but um, but that was kind of the last time we really saw what we saw pretty close to our our starting lineup. Um, right. Noso Seattle was like not the strongest at that point either. So they had a bunch of call ops from what is it? What is their affiliate USL team? I forget what it is. Oh, the but, Defiance. Yeah, and so like they they literally barely like had sixteen year olds on the on the bench in case they needed them. So like yeah, we won, but you know it's not like we're playing you know um, a full full starting eleven. Of, of Seattle, which probably will be in some sort of way, um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting how because Nico's hitting form and rumors are that uh, Jordan Morris is 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 striving pretty well. And yeah, you imagine if at towards the end of the when you make your playoff run, you you have the opportunity to bring a Jordan Morris off the bench. I mean, eek. yeah. So assuming everyone is fit, at least sixty minutes, who? Who should we see this Saturday against Seattle? I mean, I feel like if everyone's healthy, you have to go with your typical, you know, four, two, three, one. And you're gonna have, you know, Uno, Frank Payne, Lude, Reynoso, Dotson, Trap, uh, and then you know, our Yeah, the back line. Typical kind of, our back line. Um I and I it just seems like it might work. And also the nice thing about it is that if, you know, around the 60th minute, it's not working and, you know, Unu maybe isn't getting in the space he needs to get into. 
Um, he's not finding the success he found last week when he, you know, kind of had, um, we played more of a second striker kind of thing. You can totally go in and take out, you know, either, I mean, anybody, you, you, and probably Frank, Frank Payne or Lude, depending on how, who is like least fit coming back off injury and, you know, put in, you know, an Adi and just kind of go back into that kind of, uh, kind of, format by and just push you know, Ray out to the other right or the left or whatever you want to do with who you take out. And um, I think that's the, I mean, you, then you also need to have an option. You can switch it up, uh, especially if it, you know, it's not working because you know, if it's not, if it's close at halftime, Seattle's going to make some adjustments and just come out gangbusters because that's what they do. So it'd be good to be prepared with a change of your own, ready to go soon into the second half. And I'm saying this and I, even I don't believe that it will happen knowing uh, Adrian Heath, but I'm saying this with some hope that it would happen and that we can game plan for a second option. If the first option does not work in the first 60 minutes of the match. You know, um, the interesting thing is that the last two games that we've had, um, Ozzy has been our starter and we've gotten two red cards, right? I mean, so Besides, besides, you know, so there's been two out of three games you started, started Ozzy and there's been two red cards. So I wouldn't, I, you know, sometimes you it can't be a coincidence. Working. Can't be a coincidence. <laughs> right? Two out of three is not a coincidence. One out of three, maybe, but two out of three. Uh, I think, I think you, I think you, I think you start Ozzy and hopefully, you know, make sure that Nico gets angry at him and then boom, you know. Yeah. There you go. I mean, is he able to uh, to really needle his old uh, his old comrades enough like that to to get it? I'm not I'm not I sure. Mean, um, I, I do, the scenario I, is there. I mean, like I do think Ozzy has been very good in the last couple of games, and I, I knocked him. I thought he was terrible whenever he came in previous to that. So uh, it's good to see that as an option. Um, and maybe you start him, and you start Dotson next to him or, or something, but. I mean, can you really sit Will Trap though? Like he's been, yeah. arguably like outside of like Ray, our best field player this entire season. Like, or at I don't least know our most. Uh, can... our most uh, Robin Lude has been our best by far. But yeah, well, but, um, I mean, our, our best central, like, I mean, our best central midfielder, or, or at least one of our most consistent players all year. Yeah, I think is very fair to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on how you like. If if we're gonna play, if you play defensively, then it makes sense to put Ozzy in there, right? Like if you're going to play into that four three three, if you play the four three four two three one, then 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 of course you don't you don't really want to be able to put him in that situation because there isn't enough support in that aspect of it uh, for for Ozzy. And so then I think I'm I'm interested to see if like if we go on a four two three one, if Lude plays the false nine, and then Unu goes to the right, right. Um, in a sense, and then and then we'll see how that kind of works out. Just to just to see, just to test out this whole like second striker type of thing. So, yeah, we'll see. I I'm I'm not I I don't actually subscribe to the second striker thing that you guys have been talking about. I think that Adi would come in, and you already have Reynoso there. Like you're not we're not going to play a second striker with Reynoso on the on the pitch. I just wanted to make that known. We don't have to discuss it, but. I want the I want the opposition to uh, to have voice here. Um, I want to do this thing where we look forward because we only have thirteen more. Wait, shoot! Now I, I lost. Yeah, thirteen more matches this season. Yep. Currently, we have a one point four eight PP uh, points per game. That would put us in seventh place in twenty twenty. Um, 
so we've got 13 games left. Six of them are against the teams above us. Um, then we've got one against Philly, one against DC. Um, we only have four points from 18 matches this season against the top four. Oh, from 18 points. I'm sorry. Four points out of 18 possible from the top four teams. Um, that's a 0.666. Uh, it certainly is. Uh, PPG. We have three games against the bottom four. Um, from them, we have 14 points from uh, six matches, and that's a 2.33 points per game. So that's where we've gotten the bulk of our points this year. Um, we only have two points left, two matches left against the middle four uh, group of teams. So I'm looking at the current, I'm just breaking up the current um, standing is and, and who we've faced. Um, and from that middle four, which is like Vancouver, San Jose, LAFC, Portland, I think, um, we have, uh, 14 from eight games, 1.75 points per points per game. So that's where I'm looking at it and thinking we have a lot of these games against really tough teams. Uh, you know, Philadelphia, DC are both very tough. Um, DC is extremely fit. That's Hernan Lusada's thing. And they've got Juan Chope, who I can't wait for that. I game. imagine will be very uh he's, he's gonna get a hat trick. Yeah. He's going to have there's gonna be magic. Plus, there's two Peruvians in that team. So oh like um it's it's basically it's Rodrigo's gonna be cheering against yeah, the loons yeah. just because I might wear my 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 loons jacket and underneath having my Peruvian jersey on. I might do that again, but I don't, I'm not but, sure. But if we're only getting 0.666 from those um, six matches against the teams above us, we are in big trouble. So the, these next three games, we have LA Galaxy, Sporting Kansas City, and, oh, obviously Seattle, um, teams who have traditionally kicked our asses. Um it's it's pretty big to get something from this. We did have a really great period where we thought we were in trouble, and then we got that lucky win against Seattle, and that was a great great result that led to us kind of getting a little bit more on track this summer. Uh, I don't know what what do you think about uh, about our chances here though? It, when I put it in those terms, I it's kind of like what I've been saying, like going back to when we you know lost to LA, um, and then drop points and only got uh, draws against 10 men in San Jose and SKC is that if you're not completing those chances, those chances are kind of few and far between as far as our schedule goes. And I mean, right now we're in fifth place, which I mean, it looks great on paper. The problem is the distance between fourth place and 10th place is the same amount of points. So depending on how these next three matches go, we could either be in a position where Minnesota moves up into fourth place and can get that last spot to host a playoff match, or we could drop all the way down to 10th place where we're three positions out of even being in the playoffs. And that's how like close it is. And like an LAFC, like they've been super bad recently. Like I saw, um, I watched their other match uh, recently when they beat um, SKC for nothing. I was like, Oh man, are these guys back? What's going on? And I looked back and that was their first win since like in July, like the first like week, two weeks of July, LFC went on like a three match winning streak. And 
this is their first win out of the last nine. So I was like, well, maybe LFC, but I still feel like LAFC could just turn it on at any moment, depending on who's healthy, mm. which is just going to add another layer of folks in that like middle kind of five or six who are all within about like four or five points of each other for those final three playoff spots. And sadly, like depending on how, uh, basically starting on Saturday, how those next eight days go when we have, you know, match on Saturday, match on Wednesday, another match following Saturday, how that goes is going to really dictate where we're going to end up and really kind of decide going forward if we're going to be a playoff team and if we're going to be, if we are going to be a playoff team, if we're going to be a playoff team that's hosting a match or if we're just going to be a playoff team lucky to get in the playoffs. We're not hosting a match. I think that that is. I think I mean, it's been well, obvious for a while now, but I think if we, if we make the playoffs and which is, you know, something that we, we, we have a, we have a chance to, then, then that's going to be, uh, you know, was win as many as you can after a year. But, but that game against SKC and LAFC, uh, Espinosa got a red card. So, so LAFC can score when they have, a, when they have a person advantage, um, Loons is yet to be seen. So, I, I guess for me again, I'll I'll sing my same damn old song. Uh, um, we can get into the playoffs. We can not get into the playoffs. Obviously, not getting into the playoffs would be a, a pretty, pretty big failure. Um, but really, it's like we have a chance now with everyone semi almost ready to be full fully fit. We have a chance now to finally actually play well, and we've probably only had two, maybe just one really good game this year. Uh, and and to me, it's just like I want to see us be good and not just get a win. <laughs> uh, um, we we have we haven't even seen that many games where we are like super unlucky and we played really well. Um, we we haven't seen that attacking four really clicking, and that's what I'm looking for. And we have a chance to do that, and that would be great. Obviously, I want to see wins here, but if we're gonna get into the playoffs, uh, I would. I only want to have that happen if we're actually winning. Because right now, we're just mediocre. I mean, we're barely above Portland, Salt Lake, and Vancouver, who have just been just turds all season. And we're just slightly on top of the turd pile. So that's that's my general take. Um, do, you, do you think uh, how many points you think we get out of these next three? Um Seattle, know. is that a, a tie or a loss? I mind? think we get one point from these three. Okay. I mean, and we need at least, like, the bare minimum to, like, kind of stay afloat should be four. And, yeah, I don't... I, I think it's very tough it, to, to, to do it. You, these road matches are going to be tough. Yeah, because you got LA Galaxy who is, um, you know, they were missing players last time, and they're not longer missing those players anymore. And then... SKC has been like uh, uh, Hyde and Jekyll. Like they'll have good games and then they'll get blown up by, by someone else by three goals. Like you know, and so like, so it's 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 one of those. I mean, I think you can you can take points from SKC and you can take points from, from um, from the LA Galaxy, but you really have to be in your A game um, to take points away from from Seattle and that thing. Even though they haven't been successful at, at home as as much, but. You can't you can't underestimate them on their home crowd. So. Yeah, yeah, and we've never beaten LA, home or away. Let's uh, let's take a break here, and then we'll come back. We've got a little bit of U.S. soccer and some Twitter questions.
Let's finish it up, comrades, on the 55-1 podcast. Uh, we've got some... Well, let's talk about the U.S. men's national team a little bit. This Wednesday, Honduras at the Blackheart, 9 p.m. Uh, did you guys watch the Canada match? And uh, and then we also, I guess, had the El Salvador match, which is a a real stinker. But um, and anything to say about the U.S. men's national team that isn't about Weston McKinney? Why does uh, Yellen keep getting time? I still don't understand that. Like, yeah. He's not even getting studying. He's not even getting minutes at whatever team he's playing at. That's not in the EPL anymore. I just don't understand why DeAndre Yellen is getting time at all. That's Well, I mean, Des went down injured. And they need someone to go in and play because you can't. You don't just want to leave him injured on the field. Yeah, that is the thing. That you want to remove him from the field and then put someone in a different player on to play in his position after yeah. he left. And Reggie Cannon hasn't been getting minutes. He would be one of the natural um, right backs there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a great question. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I think in general, um, well, let's let's do this. Josh Harrison says, what's your message to U.S. men's national team supporters who are losing their shirt Uh of only getting two points through two matches in the octagon. There's always hope. There's there's lightness yeah. in, in this world. Uh, I guess my hope is like is, the sun. My message is that <laughs> only like believe it when it's shining, then you'll never make it through the dark. Look, 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 like Burhalter hasn't had his like starting full eleven since what the uh the Kukukav League of Nations tournament, right? No, he didn't like, even have it then. Yeah, I mean, like, it's he hasn't really, like, I, I, I don't think, like, I, I wouldn't worry so much as to what, you know, what's going on in the aspect of it. I think picking up points is picking up points, and the young kids are learning to, to see what really World Cup qualifying is like, and I think they'll, I think they'll be, they'll be okay. I mean, Canada's a good team, like. The margin. Who, for, how many of you would not want to have Alfonso Davis on your squad? I mean, yeah, the margin for error. In, in the past with 10 games was so much bigger um, or smaller. Well, however that concept works, sorry, um, smaller. Um, and now, now with 14 games, it, there's, there's a little bit more there. Um, Canada are a good team. Yeah. You want to beat them at home. El Salvador are not a good team. You want to uh, beat them on the road, but um, you know, Honduras is going to be tough, uh, but there's lots of games to come. And I get why people are freaking out because, Look, I mean, it was pretty traumatic not making that World Cup. Um, but I think it is a different era. And I think people who are calling for Burhalter's head are just on crack. Like the dude literally just won two trophies against Mexico in one Right, summer. exactly. And, and then it, here you are asking for his head. I'm like, That's, that yeah. makes no sense. I, I think that there's reasons he needs to be criticized, certainly. But I, I don't know. Of course. And so uh, Paul Peterson. Also, I feel like, especially in the Canada match with the whole like all the criticism of his subs, like it didn't bother me as much because I am just so used to having Adrian Heath as a manager, and I was like, "What? It's your first time? Like, yeah, it just happens. This is what happens sometimes. Sometimes uh, coaches just don't want to use their subs, and they just play guys until they they can't walk anymore. Well, that and that's you, just what coaches do. You, you, or, yeah." I mean, there there's mitigating circumstances there too. Paul Peterson asks on the pod, can you break down the average points needed to go over the past few qualification cycles? Maybe maybe data will calm us down. Um, Sam Stage had this good little note, which is um, 
Over the last three World Cup cycles, all 10 teams that advanced to the tournament out of CONCACAF had at least three points after their first three games in the round of qualifying. Eight of those 10 teams had at least four, te- four points. Um, his point being that like we're starting slow, but again, there's 14 games, not 10. I don't think there's as much worry there. If you look at the points per game that were required in 2016, it was 1.3. If you look at the points per game in 2012, it was 1.1. Um, you know, I, I just I think that uh, again we need to play better. Um, we need to have all of our players fit and not um, doing some side boning uh, in, in the bubble. Um, but I guess I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button. But then again, tomorrow night, Wednesday night at the game, I'll I'll probably be hitting the panic button during the game. So, oh yeah, once when we're uh... When we're down, you know, one nothing in the 80th minute, and then we score an equalizer in the 91st minute. I'm it's gonna be all panic until the 91st minute, and then we'll be like, oh, you know, we we're at one point per game. Uh, 2012, they needed 1.1, so I yeah, we're close. It'll work, but until then, it's just gonna be all panic. Fargo Fargo Jeffrey says or asks, has 3M met its match with the Scrub Daddy? And I had to look this up because I was not sure what a scrub daddy was. I know scrub I, daddy. Um, scrub daddy's uh, the, that's who um, Weston McKinney. Uh, that's the unauthorized <laughs> person in the bubble. <laughs> scrub daddy makes the bubble of of his own. So maybe maybe that's his nickname. Scrub daddy. <laughs> our, our friend, our friend in Sweden, Johan Dukov says, "Greatest Swedish band or artist of all time." I mean, if you want to be wow. boring, uh, do you guys have good answers? What do you want to go with? Um. Well, I mean, the ones I can think of are Ava, the Cardigans. Don't the no, don't just say things. Say what is your favorite? What is your favorite? My don't favorite? just name all the yeah. Probably, yeah. probably Ava, just because I grew up with all the Ava songs. Okay. There we go. Um, I mean, Robin's really good. I I really like Robin a lot. Um, otherwise, uh, I mean, Roxette. I, they're fantastic yeah, I mean, as well. Roxette's so that's good too. I mean. You've already said it because you you ruined it, Rodrigo. But obviously, the Cardigans are the greatest Swedish band of all time. Nina Persson is is still one of the loves of my life. Uh, I mean, Peter B- Bjorn and John have one of the best whistling centric songs of all time. Sure, and you mentioned the Hives. Um, I went back and started re-listening to um, what was that debut record? Um, the Hives. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, not the debut record, but um, the big one that that came out was Veni Vidi Vicious, and that record is still a blast. Um, and then, uh, yeah, but I, I guess I'll go back to the Cardigans, and I, I think um, they've got two or three records that I think are just absolutely fantastic. So, what what about metal bands coming at us? Uh, I mean, it's got to be Hammerfall, right? Are you just you're just googling names now no hammerfall is a fantastic band that's the thing i saw yeah they're great i, I don't Jim know oliver is just yelling into his headphones right now yelling at us <laughs> um do you have a favorite Listen. cardigans record mark because you were the one in our an off off thing that, that brought um, them up. Okay. I, I don't have any idea what the name of the record is um but whatever the um now i just have to Google love it fool came I'm, off of life I'm pretty sure. I think that that's the one yeah. then. That's the one that got me. So Super Extra Gravity was their last record. That one was surprisingly good. Um, Losing a Friend, Godspell, uh, 
I need some fine wine. You need to be nicer. Those are like killer songs. They were a band that like disappeared after their first hits and still put out some good stuff. So anyway, that's uh that's the cardigans for you. Um, Josh Harrison. Oh no, we did that. I gotta go back and edit this whole section. Hang on, let me make more notes. Jason Cassidy in our patron Slack says. Making a note there again. Cristiano in our Patreon Slack says, uh, uh, he put this um, tweet up that someone had, men and men only, tell me a song by a woman you sing with your whole chest. Do you guys have any good, uh, uh, good ro- rolling a... in the deep or something? Uh, no. I see. All right. So I'm a huge Ani DeFranco fan, like ridiculously huge. Like I think I've been to like... Mm. 30 or 40 Ani DeFranco concerts, uh, which again, very disappointed that uh, a member of her crew got COVID or tested positive for COVID the night of uh, her first Stephanie show, uh, like last week. That, that sucked. Um, but honestly, like uh, in my daughter's playlist, uh, we have I'm Not a Pretty Girl, and I can sing that and just belt that out more than any song in my entire life. I'm going to see Phoebe, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers at uh, at the Surly Outdoors um, this Saturday. Um, Corey got me tickets, and so Ooh. I will probably be doing lots of uh, full chest singing. But um, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if she's like a full belted out singer. So I don't Dude, know if you that want counts. to hear my list. Yeah, yeah, go with your list. All right, my list is uh, "Emotions" by Mariah Carey. Every time I have that on, it comes out anywhere. Um, Angel Baby by Rosie and the Originals. I don't know if you guys know that one. Um, of course, uh, Todo Cambia with Mercedes Sosa. Uh, that's just a, a, a classic. Um, Eres Tu by Mocedades, which is a Spanish group. My dad drilled that song into my head, so every time I hear it. Conquistador um, Spanish? Like, Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Just checking. <laughs> it's weird. Um, uh, what's it called? Right here, uh, the human uh, nature uh, version of SWB, and of course, uh, "Free Your Mind" by En Vogue. Mm. So, that's oh, a good. That's one. a good one. Uh, that'd be yeah. a good karaoke song. Any En Vogue song. I yes, was thinking, of course, uh, one of the songs I, I do sing with my my full chest is uh, "Nico." I've been out walking. I had that. I have that on my. Uh, uh, like nighttime list of playlists that I used to play for the kids when they were going to bed. And Emil effing hates that song. It'll come up on other playlists <laughs> and he's like, I hate this song. Turn it off. It's like, oh, Dude, I, I love the fact doesn't that like uh, Nico. Huh? Isa and G were like, we'll babysit. We'll babysit Emil. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what he was thinking. Yeah. I, I got some so. babysitters out of that potluck yesterday. I know. So yeah, it you worked did. out. You, you planned that very well. So. Yeah. I need to go to Phoebe Bridgers. So I think I need um, Isa to come by Saturday. So, all right, kids. Uh, any other questions I'm missing? No, that's the end. Um, let's call it a day. Uh, thank you all for listening. We hope to see you sometime soon. Uh, there will be, obviously, U.S. Come watch that at, at Blackheart. And then 4 p.m., there's uh, the Minnesota game against Seattle. Both will be very stressful uh, occasions. But uh, I look forward to seeing you all and uh, talking soccer. Thank you. Thank you.